This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Time now for a regular fortnightly corridor with Dunedin Mayor Aaron Hawkins who joins us on the line. Morena, good to have you with us, Aaron. Kia ora, good morning. Well, a week is a long time in politics, they say. Uh, a day is a long time in the uh, this pandemic for us at the moment. We're keeping a weather eye on things, of course, but um, yeah. Time for us to um, face up to the fact that it really is in our community now in significant numbers. We've got uh, close to 600 active cases in the city at the moment, uh, and the authorities are suggesting that the real number of infections much higher than that, probably. And uh, reported this morning that one in five COVID-19 tests taken in Dunedin is returning a positive result, and that is a result that has shocked some people, including epidemiologist uh, Professor Michael Baker, who's often commenting on these things. Uh, That would be of a concern to you as a leader of our city? Yeah, it is a concern, and it's it's a big shift in direction for how we think about the COVID-19 pandemic in, uh, in, in Dunedin. Uh, we hadn't had any cases uh, between May 2020 and up until very recently, and now, as you say, we're getting uh, hundreds uh, every day, and, and the, the modelling uh, around the Omicron outbreak was always uh, suggesting a very sharp trajectory for, for the growth in case numbers, and as you say, um, uh, the, the positivity rate uh, suggests that the the actual numbers are uh, are almost certainly higher than what is being reported, and, and effectively at this point, um, I think people should just assume that uh, there are uh, positive and COVID positive and, and infectious people uh, moving in in the community and and prepare themselves uh, accordingly. Police last night visiting a property in the student quarter um, and giving some sage advice to not proceed with a COVID-positive party. Uh, The uh, student population in the city, uh, a particular concern at times like this, of course, highly social by their nature. Mm. Yeah, and and, uh, largely disconnected from uh, their... Uh, their, their family and, and support networks when when things get tough, and I thank the the students association and, and other groups on campus who are um, picking up that that pastoral work and, and looking after our our student body. But look, it's you know it's a it's a always a festive time of year, and and we are asking people to put their parties on pause so that we can. And try and take as much of the pressure off the public health system as possible so that we can uh, get through this, not just in terms of their capacity to deal with COVID, obviously, but uh, people still need to access health care for a myriad other reasons. Um, and and that's, you know, that's, that's hard. It's easy for me to say that it's not a big sacrifice for people to make, um, but these are... Uh, significant rites of passage, if you like, for young people growing up in, in our city and, and, and around the country. And this is on top of, for some of them, having had school formals cancelled and, uh, and graduations cancelled and end-of-year celebrations and OEs cancelled. And, and it's, it, it, I, I think we're, we're doing them no service by trivialising that. But at the same time, um, you know, we, we, we want them to... Uh, we want everyone uh, in the city to follow the guidelines as they are, because that gives us the best chance of uh, of trying to slow down the the outbreak here in Dunedin.
This has not been confirmed yet, but we have the prospect. It's likely, we're told today, uh, that the government will announce a further shift in terms of the management of the pandemic. Uh, we have seen at the testing stations in Ōtipoti, uh, the Takaika testing station in Victoria Road, the uh, Dunedin COVID Community Testing Centre in Malcolm Street, very high demand. Um, some traffic issues around that too. Is the, is the council on uh, on top of that? And, and, and how do you see that that might be best managed in coming days? Oh, I'm, I'm no traffic engineer. I, I won't offer a solution, but certainly our staff are working with, with Wakakotahi and, uh, and, and Well South to try and manage it. But um, we, it was always going to be disruptive, and, and we've said that from the very beginning of, uh, of the outbreak, and, 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 and that looks like different things on different days. It might be a, a, a swimming pool closing because we don't have enough lifeguards, or it might be you know, uh, uh, a, a traffic jam in the middle of town as people are trying to get tested, doing the right thing, and, and going to to get tested. So, um, you know, staff are looking at how to best mitigate that. But I think we just need to uh, come to terms with the fact that it is going to be uh, disruptive and, and, and challenging for the next few weeks. Add a few more minutes to your journey, perhaps, if you're planning on travelling in those areas over the coming while. Um, it will be interesting to see, with whatever changes are announced by the government in terms of the management of the pandemic, uh, what effect that will have on the, the testing centres uh, and so forth, and indeed the vaccination centres, which uh, will also be uh, incredibly busy at this time. Uh, yeah, Aaron, when, when the... Yes. Oh, sorry, just like when they... In the next phase, where you have a greater reliance on uh, on rapid antigen testing, I mean, I think that that will manifest um, differently in terms of how the the PCR testing stations operate. Malcolm Street is on the one way north; uh, it's getting a lot more publicity than it ordinarily would. Um, but it's uh, the old um, uh, the old Pizza Hut or, or Super Liquor, depending on your age, uh, on the on the one way north out of town. That's Pizza Hut to me, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, uh, you'll be keeping also a weather eye on the protest action on outside Parliament uh, in Wellington. Uh, you'll have uh, some sympathy, no doubt, for your counterparts there trying to manage the competing interests in Wellington. What about here locally? We have a protest action uh, usually based around the centre of the city. That being managed well as far as you're concerned? Yeah, we haven't had any 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 issues, and, and certainly the the satellite uh, protest in the octagon is a far cry from um, the, the the violence that we are seeing uh, in Wellington, uh, and so that's uh, that doesn't present the same sorts of uh, sorts of risks for us. But you know. Ten years ago or so, uh, I spent a considerable amount of time in the octagon when it was being uh, occupied for different reasons, but in a, in, a, in a peaceful way. And we have to be really careful about picking who gets the right to to protest in the the town square, effectively, or the town shape. In our case, um, and, and and at this point, uh, there isn't a, a great deal. Uh, a great deal of concern in the octagon, and and the the protesters there have been responsive to 
uh, both our staff and and fire and emergency staff and 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 dealing with issues as they have as they have come up and uh, yeah it's it, you couldn't the, the polar polar opposite in some ways I think from from what we're seeing in our nation's capital. Let's move on to the receipt of the Ross Tanner Report, the independent reviewer uh, who took a look at the Dunedin City Council's response to the lead water issue which affected Waikowiti, Karatane and Hawkesbury Village. Um, just in a, in, a, in a nutshell, what are the, the... I hate to use the phrase, and I won't. I was going to say key learnings. No. What did you take away, <laughs> what did you take away from that in terms of... Um, um, things to bear in mind uh, in the future and things that we could have done better. Yeah, really, really good to to, to receive uh, and sign off on Ross Tanner's report on the at the first public meeting uh, out in Waikawaiti just over a year ago. Um, I made that commitment that once we had the water situation under control, we would commit to doing an independent review of council processes um, and um, Mr Tanner's report makes five recommendations there's no surprises in it uh, from our point of view and, and that the evidence of that is that three of those have already been uh, implemented and two were already in progress and, and largely it's around um, making sure that uh, things, significant things like a spike in, in lead levels are escalated appropriately uh, within the organisation um, and and because the, the fact that they weren't effectively meant that we weren't able to have uh, what what is a very serious conversation with our community uh, at a time and in a way that they deserved, and, and that caused uh, un, a lot of undue uh, angst uh, because uh, you know the the uncertainty was scary, and for the, from the point of the do not drink notice through to uh, getting the the blood test results back from. Uh, the public health authorities, which largely said this is exactly what we would anticipate to see in a, in a population, which suggests that this hasn't been a, a significant or, uh, or ongoing issue, uh, and uh, and so uh, that's essentially what the what the report says, and uh, and, and those processes have uh, been uh, reviewed and tightened up by us, uh, independent of of that, well in advance of the report being signed off. And just finally, uh, we'll talk about Three Waters once again. Uh, Dunedin has voted to join other local bodies around the country to oppose the government's mandatory Three Waters reforms. Um, for those who uh, don't, haven't quite got their heads around this, what was actually voted on and what will it mean? Uh, so, uh, Communities for Local Democracy is a, effectively a splinter group within local government who have set themselves up to protest the the government three waters reform program, uh, and the council voted to uh, to sign up for that. And, and my job is to uh, represent council decisions, but it is a significant one, and so it's worth explaining uh, what was going on here. It, it was never about whether or not we supported uh, the reform program. We all have concerns about the proposal uh, from government, and, and as, we, as we have made clear through the various submissions that we have made. Uh, and we are working through the, the channels that we have, uh, and the, the various working groups that have been set up to 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 try and influence those and, and get a better outcome. Um, 
but we are also committed or or should be uh, to ensuring uh, a strong voice for iwi Māori in those discussions and and they are involved in the the working groups that have been set up and to look at governance arrangements uh, and and so on uh, they um described as as feeble uh, in the newspaper today, but the the communities for local democracy groups' commitments that they've made on paper to ensuring an iwi Māori voice uh, with the paper uh, that they're written on, uh, and and effectively uh, it was a choice for us as to whether we wanted to prioritise working with Naitahu and and supporting um, their work and building on our relationship with Mana Whenua, which is something that we've made big commitments to do as a council and, and as an organisation and have made significant progress on that in recent times or uh, turn our back on them uh, and join uh, the rabble alliance uh, to to look angrier about uh, what the government is doing uh, and um, and pay for the privilege that we're now spending $20,000 to help fund their campaign against the government uh, and if they proceed with their court case uh, against the Crown I would see that as Potentially being considerably more expensive than than that, but uh, that was um, ultimately the the decision that was taken at the meeting on Tuesday. Well, clearly you didn't support it. We know you didn't, um, and from your comments, you're, you're, it's still a big issue for you. You your view is that uh, we've turned our backs here on an opportunity to work with Mana Whenua, um, and you think the relationship has been damaged? Is it irreparable? It was not a good start, was it? Uh, I wouldn't say it's irreparable, and 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 you know I've had conversations with with local Runaka leaders here as a result of the meeting, and they are certainly disappointed as a um, as a as a Naitahu, and and more importantly, I think it's, it's always a it's always um, we always need to acknowledge uh, that it is our Maori community who are in the who are collateral damage effectively every time these toxic debates come up about um, the role uh, iwi Māori should play and and um, and, and that is um, uh, you know, it's awful and 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 it is the kind of thing that that, uh, that can damage your relationship but I remain uh, committed to uh, working uh, with them to rebuild whatever trust has been lost as a result of the decision that council made uh, well, we look forward to, with interest to seeing uh, how effective the Communities for Local Democracy action is on this issue. No doubt we'll talk about it again. Uh, Aaron Hawkins, thanks so much for taking uh, your time again to join us for this fortnightly chat. We look forward to catching up. Goodness knows what we'll be talking about in a fortnight's time. Uh, one would suspect um, we will continue to see uh, the growth of um, and spread further spread of the um, the coronavirus in our communities. Let's hope that its impacts are minimised as much as possible. We'll see. We'll look forward to talking to you again then. Thank you, Aaron. Good idea. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.